mind hip talking chimpanzees, Parker quarterbacks, Matt Blitz out as interviews, Bobby roaring fast. You and me, we're here for this to catch the latest show. Kingdom Fathom Superflex, come on in, let's go. Hey y'all, prepare yourself for the Superflex Pod. Welcome to another episode of Superflex Pod. I am lucky enough to be joined by my co-host Matt, who just went on a trip to Disney and spent what he says is the longest amount of time he's ever spent in Disney. Matt, we were talking about this before the show, but just give us a quick summation of what the Star Wars world was like. Uh, yeah, it's cool, man. It, if you're a Star Wars fan, it definitely brings back nostalgic memories of, of, of watching Star Wars and being in that world is cool. There's stormtroopers walking around and like giving you crap about stuff. There's a cantina you go in and order crazy Star Wars drinks. The uh, the one thing I will say, the main ride or the main attraction that they're going to open there isn't even open yet. So they like soft opened it, I guess. So they opened one with like a simulator kind of thing with the Millennium Falcon where you go in and you're in a team of six and there's two pilots and two gunners and two engineers and they each have different jobs. And it's cool, but uh, I don't really know how much effect you actually have on the ride. Um, so I can't wait to go back and, and ride the big one when it, whenever that opens. That sounds awesome. And I'm really jealous. I want to go to the Star Wars world. And I know they're working on opening a major Marvel-themed park update. So I'm looking forward to that, too. But before we get too much into the theme parks, let me introduce our guest. So we are joined tonight by Sal Lito. He's at FF on Twitter. He is one of the co-hosts of at FF Funhouse, which can now be found on the new DFP network, which is Dynasty Dummies and Funhouse's new podcast network. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and what else you have going on? First, you don't know how bad it was killing me to, before I was introduced. Matt says, I want to go back and ride the big one. And I could not respond <laughs> to that. So it was, you should it have. You should it have. was really killing me. But uh, thank you guys first for having me. It's good It's good to hang out with you guys. I've, I've, seen, I've, I've seen Bobby fairly recently. haven't spoken to Matt in a while. Um, yeah, we got together with the Dummies. We created the Dummies Funhouse Podcast Network. And we brought the shows together on one feed. Uh, J. Mike is on there with his blitz that he does. Uh, I think on Monday into Tuesdays, so there's going to be a Debbie show coming out soon with um, with Riley, Bymaster, and Matt Foreman are going to be doing that show soon. So we're going to be adding to the to the network and, and doing a, a lot of different things. It's Dynasty, it's Redraft, it's Kevin. I mean, but you know, anyway, I'm also going to be doing a new show myself uh, coming to you very soon, most likely Wednesday. It'll be Solo Sal. Solo Sal is the name? You're settled on that? That's not the name of the show at all. I'm just saying it'll be me alone. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be like something to do with dots. Oh, uh, listen. Um, just about the greatest gummy candy ever invented. Oh, my God. The worst. That, that is the worst gummy candy. Uh, Sal, is this show just going to be you like yelling at people? Because I, I would tune in for that. I've considered the show like that. But in, in reality, I'm actually kind of a nice guy. So I kept thinking people would really enjoy show me yelling at people, but then people might think that's my actual persona, but that's just my, you know, give that to the people outside of New York persona. Bobby's met me in person. Bobby will tell you I'm a phony. It's true. He is actually a nice person, believe it or not. <laughs> so, up. so Sal is actually the, the, the at Twitter tough guy, not Bobby. That's correct. He is way more <laughs> deserving of that title than I am. He acts like a Twitter tough guy, whereas I never do. But for whatever reason, John Bosch, who is the originator of the Twitter Tough Guy, determined that was my title. So I guess uh, Sal will have to take it from me. Speaking of people who are not going to win any titles soon, let's talk about Kirk Cousins, guys. So I know everyone is freaking out more or less about Kirk Cousins after the Bears game. Admittedly, I sent out a tweet that said that I defended him a bunch in the offseason. There are a bunch of people who are ranking him outside, I think, even like the top 15 quarterbacks. And this was both for redraft and dynasty and had him in like the 20s. And I couldn't believe it because he always finished somewhat as a low end QB one or even sometimes a high end QB one. But beginning of the season has not been great for him. The volume's not been there. 
I mean, it is only four games, and yes, I'm making this assessment after you just played the Bears, but what do you guys think of Kirk Cousins in the Vikings passing game? And let's start with Sal since he's the guest here. What passing game? They are passing on 47% of the plays, 31st in the league. They were fourth in the league last year at 64% of pass to run. So it's just a matter of first-year offensive coordinator Stefanski has decided to go with the run game on. It's worked, though, right? I mean, Dalvin Cook has looked amazing. Madison has gotten people some points if you've been brave enough to put him in there. But how much of this is actually Kirk Cousins' fault? The guy had a game where he threw 10 passes, 10 attempts this year. In three of the four games, he's actually completed 60-plus and 70-plus percent of the passes. Listen, he hasn't been great, but he also hasn't given that much of an opportunity. So – Hopefully they start to balance the offense out a little bit more. They're one of only maybe two teams that are under 50% as far as pass, passing percentage per game. Matt, what do you think? I don't know if they will. It just seems like the game plan every week is to hide Kirk Cousins. Like, just just hide him. <laughs> just, uh, I mean, he's, he's he was efficient last game against the Bears somehow, 27 of 36, 75%. Like, that's, that's pretty impressive against that defense. But we're just not getting any fantasy numbers from him. Stephon Diggs finally woke up this week. But, uh, you know, it, it just seems like this is what Mike Zimmer has always wanted. He, he's wanted to play tough defense and run the ball. That's, that's Mike Zimmer. And they brought in Gary Kubiak to help with the run game and, Hey, it's worked. So as long as Dalvin Dalvin Cook is healthy, which is always a concern with him, right? Uh, like, I mean, it looks like he's the centerpiece of the offense, and that's what this, this thing is going to run through. So I just don't ever really see Cousins being more than like a quarterback two in a in a, in a super flex league, at least for this season. Um, and I mean, that's still valuable if you're if on the trade market. I still think he's like a you know at the at minimum a late first round pick uh, in, in that kind of format, but. Uh, I, I don't have much faith in, in him turning this around. It, it seems like he should with these weapons, but now there's these rumors that Stephon Diggs is going to leave maybe to New England because everybody goes to New England, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, if that happens, then I'm really worried about Kirk Cousins. So if somebody came up and out offered me a random 2021st and I had a third quarterback, I, I might take it for Cousins right now. Do you know how many places I ended up with him as my number two in Superflex this year? It's killing me. <laughs> I had him. I drafted him in the end of the fourth round in trade addict seven and i'm oh and four and i'm pretty sure it's directly related to kirk cousins fantasy uh output but quick on uh stefan diggs so one of my friends bill dubiel and i can't remember his handle off the top of my head but he is a writer over at roto baller was mentioning that one of his buddies works at some wings place in buffalo and apparently had like a receipt from stefan diggs when he missed practice and Bill was claiming, oh, I'm not really saying anything, but I'm saying something. And then today when we gave him a hard time that Diggs was back at practice, he's like, I wasn't claiming that he's going to the Buffalo Bills. Bill, I just called you out publicly. If you say that a guy's there getting some wings when there are trade rumors, you're trying to say that that's where he's going. I know you're a Bills fan and you're hopeful, but <laughs> I don't think he's going to the Bills. Hey, um, one stat for Kirk Cousins, though, and I was going through some stuff today for the show. Um Total fantasy points in 2019, Daniel Jones in two games, 43.7. Kirk Cousins in four games, 43.1. So Daniel Jones, the mistake pick by the Giants, has outscored him in half the games this year. It is – it's pretty brutal. It's been brutal at quarterback in general, though. And this somewhat gets into another topic that I wanted to talk about, which is just – there have been some, I think, surprise guys in the top 12 and some surprise guys that aren't in the top 12 to start the season. And one thing I've noticed is it seems like quarterback scoring is down across the board. That kind of makes sense with all the injuries. But unless you have like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, there's a huge difference in the point per game between the next couple of guys after those guys. Who is a, a guy that's surprising you right now, Matt, in the top 12? The one one of them, the ones that sticks out is Jacoby Brissett uh, for 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 reasons. You know, I I was I liked him quite a bit coming in once we figured out that Luck wasn't going to play this year. But I never thought he would be a top ten quarterback right now, and that's where he's sitting at number ten overall, uh, nineteen point five points per game. Um, the other one though, this is not. This is a little bit of a surprise to me, uh, but it's Matthew Stafford. But I did think he was due for a bounce back this year. He was, a, he, was, he was a top 10 to 12 quarterback, basically six out of the last seven years or five out of the last seven years, something like that. Um, 
And his value kind of, kind of tanked last year with like a low quarterback two performance. So I always thought he was going to bounce back in that range. Um, but but quarterback eight, I definitely didn't see that with because he's kind of like uh, what we want to think of Mike Zimmer, right? And Patricia, they want to play defense and run the ball with carry on. Uh, uh, and and he's had he's had some efficient games and is up at twenty point one points per game right now. So uh, Stafford's a little bit surprising to be that high and and Brissett for sure. Sal, do you have any thoughts on those two quarterbacks before you give your uh, guy? Yeah, well, my guy was actually Brissett. It's the same thing. I think when you look at that list and you see that name, a guy who we didn't expect to be starting this year, um, a guy who when he last started was four and twelve in, in a complete season with these uh, with these Colts two years ago in twenty seventeen, he's gotten the job done. He's got uh, four games. He's got touchdowns: two, three, two, three. He's not just getting you one touchdown and whole, and you know he's doing whatever it takes to get the job done for his team. And I appreciate him losing to my Oakland Raiders last week, but um, they're surprisingly playing well. And he's at the forefront. And he did it last week without T.Y. Hilton, where people thought, "Oh, T.Y. Hilton, he threw three touchdowns without him playing." So T.Y. should be back this week. And um, I saw Stafford up there too. Stafford is a guy who I've always said in the past gets disrespected. Drafted and last year, he made me look stupid. But um, you know, other than that, as a guy, I think we might get around to Mariota in a little bit. He's another guy who's up there in the top ten. I don't want to get too much into him because we're going to talk about him more. But those are the three. Uh, I got to agree with Matt on the first two that stick out to me. Yeah, I have to eat some crow on this one. I said that if you had Jacoby Brissett in a super flex league and you're not contending, I would sell him before the season even started, and that was mostly based on him starting before and just not being a particularly good fantasy quarterback when he did start in 2017. But I definitely underrated the fact that he had more time to prepare this time and that he had a different offense and a better offensive line. I think that makes a huge difference. Another guy we are going to talk a bit more about and that I also have to eat some shit about is uh, Winston. I thought that Bruce Arians was being overrated as a coach and his impact on quarterbacks and Winston finds himself among the top 12 and is playing pretty well. He's still not helping OJ Howard like people thought, but it is one of those things where I was very down on Winston and wanted essentially nothing to do with him. And so far I'm looking very bad on that because it looks like uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are the new Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs or whatever top two or Juju and Antonio Brown or whatever two top guys on a team you want to go with. Bobby, if only you had a co-host who told you that Brissett was pretty good and that Arians was a good good offensive coach. You know, that was in the lost episode, so no one knows that, <laughs> that happened. I'd like to get those directly sent to my email. Um, I'm glad somebody was obviously listening to Bobby because I bought Jacoby Brissett in Pigs 3 where I had Andrew Luck and I was going to the season now with Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I knew that Fitzpatrick wasn't going to hold the job for long. And I had a, good, a team that finished third overall at a 56 last year, and I wanted to compete. I was set to compete, and when luck went down. So I made the move. I got Brissett, and, uh, you know, I'm three and one. So it's worked out well. Yeah, it yeah. definitely sounds like it did. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. No, no, I, I was just saying, I did this. Are we talking about picks two, Sal? Because I did the same Big, thing. I went picks, out. Picks three. Oh, you're, you're in three. I bought it. I was in a similar situation in picks two. I was ready to go with Watson and Luck, and then he luck died and then i bought Brissett. i think for a second round pick which has worked out just perfectly what do you think of this i i traded i had to, i have i have no assets in pick three at all so i had to use julio um i traded julio but i got Brissett and galladay back so um it's yeah that's really well for me that is really nice because he's going to be a starter next year if it's not in indianapolis it's going to be somewhere he's going to be a starter Sounds like you guys did better than I did. My main team that's competing this year and has been in back-to-back championships, won one, lost the other one, also had Andrew Luck go down after I traded Matt Ryan in a first for him. So then I decided I'm going to trade Carry on Johnson because I have some running back death for Josh Allen, and it's a best ball lineup format, so I figured I could tolerate the bad with Josh Allen for the good. It's been a mixed bag. I can't say that I love owning Josh Allen even in a best ball format and maybe – I should have gone for the cheaper option of trying to trade for Brissett, but I guess you live and learn. I lied. It was actually Duke Johnson for Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> so that worked out even better <laughs> so far. Three years ago, Matt, you're in power hungry with me, correct? 
Yeah, that team is a travesty. <laughs> that is my worst team out of 15 by far. It's not even close. The year that the uh, Patriots were basically just getting rid of Jacoby Brissett, I had to cut my roster down, and I traded them to Kevin for five bucks. Ooh. One, of, one of my deals I went back on it just in pain. Because uh, I could use rough. them in that league where my second quarterback is Case Keenum. <laughs> I almost uh, – so I just a quick side note. I, earlier this year in that same league where I traded for Josh Allen, I picked up in the panic when Andrew Luck retired Gardner Minshew, and I can't remember who else, but I ended up cutting Minshew in the preseason oh. cuts. And then I also had Mason Rudolph, and I came very close to cutting Mason Rudolph, but something in my head just went, no, no, no. Ben always gets injured. Keep Rudolph. And I'm so glad that that little voice in my head spoke up because I was like, two seconds away from pushing the cut button and that team would have just been so snake bitten. Cool. Guess I'll just move on. <laughs> we want you to sit in your stew and your silliness. I mean, I can keep throwing out trades we've made, but that's probably not very interesting to our listeners. Yeah, that's fine. We can move on. And as uh, Sal alluded to, we're going to talk a little bit about Marcus Mariota. We're also going to talk about Winston. And the reason we're going to talk about them is because they both have new contracts coming up next season. And I'm curious whether you guys think that within the first four games, they've done enough to prove that they're worth that second uh, quarterback contract, which as we know from the contract negotiations going on with Dak and just in general can get pretty expensive. So let's start with Sal and you can pick whichever one you want to talk about first. Well, these guys are obviously tied to each other from, from the 2015 draft, right? They went one and two behind each other. Um, I, I alluded to Mariota before, so I, I guess I'll go with Mariota. I, I think over the course of his career, Mariota has done more as an NFL quarterback and for his team to warrant the second contract. I don't know that either one of them has warranted the second contract on that team, but I'm going to say one over the other has. It's Mariota. We've seen him, but by the way, between the two of these guys, in five years each, there's two total playoff appearances, uh, and both of them were Mariota, and he won one of them. We remember that touchdown pass to himself against Kansas City two playoffs ago. That you know, but I, I think Mariota is more the guy who does what it takes to win. I don't know through four games this year if he's secured uh, that that second contract, but he's playing uh, really good the last couple of weeks. He's got zero turnovers, at least zero interceptions through four games the game the, the team is two and two um i do expect them to continue to compete because you know nobody ever seems to run away with anything in that division in the south it's always very competitive and around a 500 maybe two games above team that makes it to the playoffs. so um right now i would say based on the way he's playing he's heading in the right direction but it's, it's definitely not clear cut matt what are your thoughts on mariota's second contract i, th I think mariota is is I think that the, the these two players are the opposite and that I think Mariota is somebody that coaches love because he's going to do whatever the coach says. He, he's like the, the true extension of that coach quarterback, whereas as Winston is the guy who is going to turn the ball over, but probably make some more spectacular plays uh, uh, for you. So I think they're I actually do think both of them are going to get another contract, whether it's not whether it's with their team or another team. But I, I, but I just think there's not enough quarterbacks like always there's not enough quarterbacks so these guys are going to get get paid but i don't think it's going to be these record-setting contracts that we see D dak may not get his 40 million or whatever he wanted but he'll probably get you know uh he'll probably be one of the top paid quarterbacks when he, his contract finally comes through i think these two especially uh, uh winston uh and maybe mario to the same degree honestly um are going to get one of these like andy dalton second contracts you know these like mid-level ones that are like you know we, we still want you we're going to pay you a decent amount of money but we still need you to prove it before where we give you the, the big deal. So, uh, you know, some kind of structure where they can, where, where they'll be able to get out of it, if the team will be able to get out of it if they continue to underperform that kind of thing. So I do think they'll get a fifth year contract or a, fifth, a second contract, but not uh, one of these massive ones. That's fair. They could also get like the Blake Bortles type deal that allows the team to get out of it pretty easily. I could see that happening, especially for Mariota. Um, one thing that I just thought of, and this is just wild throwing it out there. I could almost see a situation where maybe Dak doesn't get the contract he's looking for from Dallas, and maybe one of those guys ends up the new Dallas starting quarterback. What do you guys think about that? I think Jerry Jones is paying. <laughs> I, think the, I think he is too. I mean, if, if he could have gotten him signed in, in week one, he would have gave him that $40 million. He was so excited 
I think it just always comes down to, to Jerry. The odd guy out there might be Amari Cooper, but Amari Cooper's looked really, really good. I know we don't want to get too much into wide receivers. I was shocked at how well they were in sync right off the top of the season, saying none of them practiced together at the beginning of the year. But I, I don't see that. I don't see them going to definitely not Winston. I could see it more being Mariota, but I don't think that's something that would be looked upon very well in Dallas. Matt, similar thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Dak's going anywhere, but like Sal said, I don't know how they pay all three of these guys. It just, it, it's sometimes it seems like the salary cap is a complete mirage. Like the Saints did it for several years with Breeze contracts. Somehow they have no money, but they push some Breeze salary down the road and then they go out and sign uh, some free agent, you know? So I'm sure the Cowboys are going to be able to work a similar situation. I do think that. If, if they don't sign Amari and they do sign Dak, then Dak is probably in a little bit of trouble unless they think Gallup is the number one. And then they're going to have to deal with the offensive line too. That eventually that offensive line is going to want to get paid and they can't pay pay eight guys. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a scenario, I think, where they do get all three of those triplets signed, but then the offensive line just falls apart and we're back to the Dallas team of, of you know, the, the mediocre years, I guess. Randall Cobb, bro. Randall Cobb. <laughs> I do think – Devin Smith put it out there that I do think Dak will get re-signed. I just like to play out scenarios in my head. And it's weird to think of either of those guys on another team, but it could happen. Um, you know, there are a decent amount of quarterbacks who supposedly may come out in 2020. So we could see some guys shuffled around, but I do think both of those guys will be on their current teams next year. If not on a huge contract, like we mentioned, maybe more mid-level or something where it's like a one or two year prove it deal with some high money up front. What about from a dynasty perspective, Bobby, where are you putting these guys at? So I kind of feel revert. I have changed my opinion where I used to be a big Mariota guy. I used to call him Marigota just because it was fun to do that, but also because it represented how I felt about him. And then I was not high on Winston. I would be reversed for fantasy purposes now where I see Mariota a bit more as the game manager type and Winston's the guy who's going to take some shots and it might lead to some interceptions. But Winston, in my opinion, does have the higher fantasy upside, which makes me feel gross to say. <laughs> but uh, Mariota would probably be like a mid to low end QB2. I know a lot of people even have him in the QB3 range right now, but just based on his youth and the fact that I think he's going to still be starting for the next few seasons, I'd have him in that QB2 range. Whereas Winston, I probably have to put him somewhere in that like mid QB2, low end QB1-ish range, but probably still just like high end QB2 because as we've discussed before on the podcast, there's just so much quarterback talent right now that it's pushing a lot of uh, talent down a little bit. Where do you guys have him? And you can let's start with uh, Sal on this one. Yeah, they're definitely both the QB twos for me. Um, I, and coincidentally, I made an offer for <laughs> for Winston last night, where I need a, a number two QB, and uh, it got rejected. But then I was looking around the league to see who else might be interested, and I saw Mariota, and I was like, well, on an 0 four team. So I'm like, oh, maybe I want to grab him because I need to shore up um, my my number two QB. It's a league where I have just Russell Wilson because I started the season with Russell Wilson. And uh, Eli Manning, and somehow this horrific roster is 4 0. Uh, Matt, it's the Supremacy Dynasty. You're in that league also. Uh, no, nope. you're not in that league. No. Uh, I thought every league I was in, you were in. Yeah, I just follow you around from league to league now. <laughs> but, but you didn't uh, join any of either of my leagues, so that's cool. Uh, I heard there was an opening in Red List. Nobody offered it to me. Um, Red List 3, I'm in. Let me know. <laughs> but I would, I, I consider both twos, and uh, they're. Listen, Winston is going to have those games, those blow-up games, those QB1 top three games. Uh, but then you're going to have that week where he's just going to absolutely burn your friggin' team down. So it's tough. What did you offer for Mariota, just out of curiosity? Because I, didn't I, make, I didn't make the Mariota offer yet. I saw that he was available. The The offer that I was making for – so we had a, a, a person in the league that said, um, they wanted to sell their players, buy their players. They saw us for an order, like keep the momentum going. So I looked at their roster, and they had McCaffrey and they had Woodston. So I threw out all five of my picks for 2020. Um, DK Metcalf, Devin Singletary, and Riley Ridley 
figured I would just throw him in and hopefully the guy would think, hey, look, another young player I need to build my roster. And he told me he was close to taking it. He thought hard about it, but didn't take it. I was trying to get McCaffrey and Winston back <laughs> in the deal. I think I was a little low, but. I was uh, asking because I have Mariota on an 0-4 team too. So I was curious what I should be looking for. I got him from Riley before the season started. Flipped uh, Josh Rosen for Marcus Mariota straight up. And that was primarily just because I had a lot of Josh Rosen on my dynasty teams and wanted to diversify a bit. But it did seemingly work out somewhat. I mean, it's probably too early to call. because, But the Dolphins are, as we all know, looking pretty bad. And I don't know if they're going to give Rosen a legit shot to win that job or not next season. The value for Mariota on a trade calculator is right about a, a low mid to late first rounder, I think, right now. It's good to know. I'll have to. I've been trying so hard to make a trade in Trade Addicts, and I've just been failing miserably. I've come close on a few. You, know, but. you would almost think that it would be like it would just happen. Just you'd fall backwards in a league named Trade Addicts. You'd fall backwards into a trade. You'd think so, but it doesn't quite happen that way. And this is not me throwing shade at a particular person. Clint, if you're listening. Oh, jeez. Can't, can't trade with that guy. Matt, what would you trade for Marcus Mariota since we're on the subject? Sounds like the cops are coming for Sal, so let's uh, <laughs> just play out for a second. Bobby's uh, background, by the way. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the late first range for him. If somebody came it, again, if you it's hard if he's your quarterback too, it's really hard. Like if you only have two quarterbacks and he's one of them, it's hard to sell him for that late first, uh, unless you're just not contending and you're ready to blow up the team. But if he's my quarterback three and someone comes calling with a late first and or, or any any random first, honestly, then I would probably move on from him if if I didn't need him. Um, if Kirk I have, Cousins is your QB two. Is uh, Marcus Mariota really your QB three, or <laughs> your QB two? Imagine, imagine having Cousins as your one and Mariota as your two. That's a world of hurt. I, I came close to that on trade addicts. Thankfully, I have Deshaun Watson, but Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota are my other quarterbacks. It's a rough time out there being a trade addict. I blame Russ for forcing me to join this league. Really, I force Russ to make the league. So it, so it sounds like there's not that many actual trade addicts in the trade addicts league. If, if you're being honest, there's What's a up lot. With that? There's a lot of people that are well known throughout the community, and they definitely like trading. I think there's what I've. I don't just. We'll go slightly off topic here. What I've noticed this season, and you guys can tell me if you've noticed the same thing, is there seems to be more hesitancy than ever across my leagues to go for it. Everyone is hold, and I think it's because of the hype of the 2020 class, but everyone is holding their picks for dear life and their young players for dear life. Uh, I, I, I guess I, I'm going the opposite. I think I have like three or four out of 15 teams that has any draft picks at all for 2020. So uh, I'm not taking advantage of that. And I am, I'm, I'm jumping in and, and going forward in most of my leagues because of that, but I think, I think you're right. I think it has been a little bit more difficult to trade this year, mostly because especially, I guess I should say, especially in the leagues where you only have one year advance in, in trade and in, in picks, because everybody's so hyped about this 2020 class, the ones where you have the 2021s available, I think it's been a little bit easier. Yeah, for me, aside from uh, Kitchen Cinco and um, and one of the supremacy leagues, I've I'm always all in. I constantly sell off everything to try and win. Now I'm, I'm I just don't think I'm that good at dynasty. That's why I'm so trying to build a team. It doesn't make sense for me. I try to win now. I'm such a better redraft player, but in uh, in Cinco, it's and there's a lot. That's a heavy Devi, so I got a lot of Devi going on there, and some and some picks for next year. And then uh, I don't know if you guys know what the Supremacy League is, but there's like five portions of it, five different leagues rolled into one. And in the one bankroll league, I have, I think, $400 more than anybody else in the league right now. And the team sucks. So it's going to probably be getting first last place money again. So I'm all in in that league. But it's nice to diversify. I feel like it's definitely a buyer's market this year. And also what's interesting is I had a team that I was trying to rebuild on. And I had one starting quarterback to start the year, but basically because of Daniel Jones's emergence, I had two and they're Daniel Jones and Matthew Stafford. And somehow I'm fourth in the league and I have like the second most rookie money. So it's working out. But speaking of John Bosch earlier, he's been trying to convince me to use all my rookie money to go all in. Whereas I've just gotten really lucky in that league. So listen, if you have Daniel Jones as your QB two and you have no one behind him, Take it from me. Do not go all in. You're probably going to regret that. Well, 
move on from there because you guys just keep leaving me hanging. Super cool. Matt, I made a deal tonight just to mess with you. Yeah, we just want to see how awkward we can make every silence. Sweaty. Maybe I will just purposely put in a moment of silence. It will be a moment of silence for Kirk Cousins fantasy owners. I can't do it. <laughs> so speaking of guys like Kirk Cousins, what kind of quarterbacks right now, and that's a weird way to phrase, who are you surprised is not a top 12 quarterback right now? And let's just pick one this time. And Sal, you can. <laughs> I think you cannot look at the list and not say Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers is, I don't know, based on what score you go with, he's right around 16, you know, somewhere in the mid teens. And I need to say more. I mean, this is a guy who's traditionally been the top quarterback in, in redraft fantasy and in dynasty fantasy. And uh, there were people who were down on him this year. And I was like, why are there people down on him? It's Aaron Rodgers. Well, the offense on a whole just looks like it's taken a step back. I'm hoping that that improves. It's very rare that you think that the better side of the ball is the defense in Green Bay. But, uh, yeah, easily six touchdowns through four games is not what you expect from Aaron Rodgers. I imagine Matt's going to have a similar answer, especially since I know what his fandom is. But, Matt, do you have someone else, or is it Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Rodgers was the number one, of course, uh, I think – Goff is a little bit surprising. Uh, make Baker Mayfield a little bit surprising, but I think Rogers is is the clear winner of this question. Maybe yeah. Cam, I guess, but he's been hurt. I figured you guys were going to say Rogers, so I was going to talk about the fact that Baker Mayfield only has like four more fantasy points than Daniel Jones, and again, he started two more games than Daniel Jones. That's pretty surprising to me. It, it looks like they woke up last week, though, so we'll see. Monday night's going to be a good test going to San Francisco. That's a that's, that's, that's a tough, tough matchup coming off San Francisco's bye. So if they can continue that, that, that kind of the picking up that offense like they did in the last game, then I think they're, they're looking up, you know, I think, you know, that, 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 uh, the first game where, where Mayfield got hit in the end zone and he, he, they said he wasn't concussed. He sure looked concussed to me and he was pretty terrible that second half. And then it kind of continued in the next game. And then in week three, we kind of saw him start it. And then week four is where he really kind of, kind of started picking it up. So I think he's going to, I think he's going to be up there. Maybe not a quarterback one, but you know, right on the fringe of the quarterback one, by the time we get to the end of the season, he learned the secret throw to Jarvis Landry and not Odell Beckham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gettleman had the last laugh, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, that's it's really interesting being a Giants fan right now because I was really mad about that Odell trade. And then some reporter, like, posted all the stats of the different players through the four games. And, again, it's only four games. But it actually has looked like a good trade for the Giants, which just feels weird to say. Any kind of praise towards Gettleman, even though so far Daniel Jones is looking good. Obviously, Barkley has looked great. And the trade is actually looking pretty good for Gettleman. It just feels weird to say that Gettleman did something good, possibly. Jabril Peppers pick six? Yeah. That was part yeah, of that trade. He was. And uh, Dexter Lawrence has looked good as a rookie. And he is part of the – well, his pick was part of that trade. So it's just been interesting to watch on Fult. I do. I do like people coming out now saying, "See, he was right. It was. It was. It was the right pick to take. Take Saquon here, and he was just waiting for Daniel Jones the next yeah. year. You know, it certainly wouldn't have been better if they took uh, uh, Mayfield or, or Darnold or whoever was there at the time, or traded down the picks. I still say that or, the or that in yeah. both cases was wrong. But yeah, the, and they probably could have done the same, done done that, and still got Saquon like you know three picks later or whatever. It's quite possible, and it is interesting though to hear the tone has changed on him whereas most giants fans used to be on board with the take that gettleman is not a good gm after the daniel jones past two games the tone has certainly changed here in new york i'm sure sal has heard some similar stuff people calling up and referring to him as a genius on the local uh, sports station is comical i mean he he's been he's been better than eli but he still had a you know so-so game against Washington, who has one of the worst defenses in the league, two interceptions, right? So I don't know. Are you guys uh, maybe not Sal is not the the Giants fan, but Bobby, are you convinced that that this is the savior of your team yet? Because I I am definitely not. I am convinced that he is the future of my team. I don't know about savior, but I can am convinced that he's at least going to be the starter for the next couple of years. 
Uh, you know, it wouldn't make much sense for them not to see what happens with his rookie contract anyway, but I'm talking like he probably gets a second rookie contract. I've seen enough from him that I think I am excited about the future with him, which is more than I can say when they were starting Eli, because we knew what Eli was going to give them. One of a, a friend of the show, John Hogue, had a pretty funny line today to me when he was talking about placing a bet on the Giants, which was that he ha- feels this weird scenario is going to play out where they somehow beat the Patriots in a playoff game this year. And I said, oh, so it's meet the new Eli, same as the old Eli. And <laughs> I would love if that would happen. I know uh, Kevin, who we mentioned a bunch of times, would be pretty upset. So that'd be awesome just for that. Well, there's only one playoff game they could play in. Yeah, that's right. John Hogue is suggesting that with Daniel Jones, <laughs> the Giants may make the Super Bowl, which I, think, I do not believe whatsoever, by the way. I think we're going to really see what Daniel Jones is made of the next two weeks. Vikings this week is going to be really tough, and then then his reward is the, a short week to play the Patriots in, in week six. So uh, good luck, Danny. If he beats the Patriots, they are going to start being like all those memes oh, yeah. about They're, the Giants and their quarterbacks who look like Eli Manning being the kryptonite of Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. There's going to be storylines no matter before the game, no matter what happens. Or we're definitely going to see that. Who's the Di- David Tyree of this offense? Uh, that would be like Darius Slayton, probably. That was going to be my guess. <laughs> if you see Slayton make a helmet catch, we'll know that history is repeating itself. I was going to say Cody, Cody Latimer. Yeah, that he's more um, – oh, why am I blanking on his name? Hakeem Nix. Man, I love me some Hakeem Nix. He was so good. Was God, good that guy was so years. good. Good couple of years. Let's move on from the Giants talk, though. I could do this for a while, but that's not why people are here. Why people are here besides just the football talk is the animal talk. And we're going to be talking about the animal of the week. I'm going to preface this by saying I think this animal is interesting. Sal thinks this animal is interesting. Apparently, Matt thinks this animal is boring, and this animal is lions. So, Matt, tell us, why are lions boring? I mean, wild lions aren't boring, but zoo... Well, actually, I take that back. Wild lions are kind of boring, too. They have some interesting things about them. They're the only, like, true social cat, really. They live in these these, these groups, groups called prides, as I'm sure you know. Um, you know, 10 to 15 animals or so. And the males have it great. They, uh, they hang out. The women go out and do all the hunting. The male sleeps, you know, 20 hours a day, wakes up if another male or threat comes around, chases them off, goes and eats whatever the females bring them, and then kind of repeats the cycle. The reason why I think they're boring, though, is that everybody is super excited to see them in a zoo setting. And again, these are animals that sleep about 18 hours, 18 to 20 hours a day. So if you go see the lion, unless you get real lucky, come at the right time, come at a keeper talk or, or some kind of enrichment presentation or something, all you're going to do is see the backside of a lion looking at you. Uh, that's, that's so they're, they're kind of a boring animal in that regard. Honestly, everything you said about the lions just made me think that's how Sal lives his life. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I could not be, I could not identify more with the lion just now. I mean, uh, women bring me that meat. Um, listen, I, 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 you know, the lion to me is maybe how they perceive it to you. Matt is the, the majestic animal, you know, the king of the jungle. I, I don't do the whole um, astrology thing, but uh, I, I am a Leo, so I've always me too. That makes sense. That makes sense, Leo. So, um, but Matt, does the, do the do the story do the zoo stories get around? Did you see what happened at the Bronx Zoo this past week? Yeah, the lady that. So the story is completely wrong, first of all. Well, maybe it's been fixed now. I haven't really followed it. The first report was, oh, my God, there's this lady in with a lion and taunting it. And so for some reason, this lion isn't eating her. What you guys can't see is that she climbed over a little three-foot fence, and she's standing on an area. And in the video that it shows, you can't see a moat. But there is clearly a moat between her and that lion. She's a little bit elevated above it. Uh, and there's just no way like that lion would be on her for sure. If, if, if it could have got to her. So she was not in the exhibit. Uh, she was kind of over the, like the signage over like the little fence that, that is in front of the moat. So people don't fall onto the moat. So honestly, the moat in this situation, it certainly prevented the lion from getting her, but it probably also prevented her from getting closer to the lion and actually in that exhibit. I can't imagine any, uh, at least accredited zoo uh, that would have a, a, a lion exhibit or any dangerous carnivore where there's just like a three foot fence and they expect nothing to happen. So uh, there was definitely a moat there. Yeah. If you, if you see the actual video, if you haven't seen it yet, you're listening to this. When she does climb in there, the lion kind of looks at her and then like looks over to his left. Like, is anybody else? Is anybody else see this woman? 
So, I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah. fair game. I mean, what does she think she's doing? He's looking around like I, I could get her, right? It's it's so for those of us who don't know the inner workings of the moat system, which obviously makes sense, Matt. You're right. A lion's not gonna be able to just walk up. So all that makes sense, but uh I just found that very funny that it happened this week. But um and by by moat, I just so you guys know, I don't mean like a tr- like a moat around a castle that has water in it. It's like a dry, like fifteen foot deep, basically like pit like, that like circles the exhibit. So uh, it's not like a a moat that they could swim across or anything. I hope she was one of the people that says like you're. And this is true, Matt. Anytime I've gone to see a lion, except maybe once, they've been sleeping, and they're always like, "Why are they sleeping? They're so boring. Do something." And I always think, and I know this has been one of your extinctions of the week before, but I've always thought. Would you want someone doing that to you while you were sleeping? But I hope that she was one of those people and that the lion like at least scared her enough by getting close enough that she's like, all right, let me reconsider my opinion. One other thing I'll say about zoo lions is uh, we get, we get several guest comments, maybe even every day. I don't know. Uh, But oftentimes large carnivore exhibits don't, especially lions and other big cats aren't that big. uh, And people think they need a ton of space. But if you were to to drive out in a, on, on a, in a range in Africa out into a national park and throw a carcass to a pride of lions every day, I guarantee you those lions would not move very much and they would not need the territory that they otherwise do need. Uh, so don't freak out if you see a, a, a cat exhibit, especially in a zoo that's that's small because they, they just don't need. That's what large carnivores do. If they don't have to get up and hunt or protect self, they're going to hang out and sleep. And Matt, if people want to donate to help with lions or any other big cats i know in the past i believe we've mentioned panthera but are there other places they should be donating or is that the best place yeah i would i would go with that one uh there's uh i i, I totally actually forgot to put look up a, a lion specific one so i really like panthera so I'll, I'll go with that one and by the end of the show i'll have you a, a lion one is there any better uh, animal depicted in movies throughout history though in I the mean- movies yeah, what animal would be better? Like, well, I mean, like, look at—it's like the every almost every movie you see, MGM, right? It's the lion yelling at you, so it makes sense, right? I yeah. Thinking, I was thinking more Alex the Lion from Madagascar, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I've seen that, but I can't place it. That you could pick. Uh, lionaid.org, if you want to donate specifically to lions. Man, I can't believe you went with Madagascar lion. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite movie line of all time is Aslan from Narnia. Oh, sure. Yeah. I love the original Lion, the Witch, and a Wardrobe cartoon. Because Bobby is young, so he doesn't know this. That was a cartoon. That was I know it. East. I read the books. I watched the cartoon. The cartoon was awesome. Lion, Witch, and a Wardrobe, and um, and then the one until Vesta Stone played in Zookeeper. Sal, I know you're a little old, but there's this thing called the internet where you can watch old stuff if you're interested in it. From I before you heard it. Wait, what is wait, it? wait. What movie did Sylvester Stallone play a zookeeper? No, he played the voice of the lion in the movie. The oh, zookeeper. I actually haven't seen that movie because it looks so terrible, and I just he, he's he's the male lion and shares the female lion. Oh my, that's the same. That's that's the Paul Blart mall cop guy, right? Yes, Jay. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't with him. I can't. Kevin James. I'm saying James. Kevin James. Yeah. yeah. I always no, just think I'm of him as the King of Queens. I'll never not think of him as the King of Queens. I mean, Wasn't that a terrible show? Also, it was. Yeah. Like, I, by the way, this is a complete. Actually, you know what? I'm going to save this for my extinction. I've changed my extinction. <laughs> this is my new one. I'm going to save it. Well, speaking of that, let's go to extinctions of the week. And since Matt just alluded to his and left us on a cliffhanger, Matt, what is your extinction of the week? Laugh tracks on sitcoms. My goodness. Why are they still a thing? Like, go on YouTube. Okay, I don't want to rip on anybody if you're a big Big Bang Theory fan or whatever. That's exactly I think that shows, what I was going to bring up. I, I think that show is terrible. But if you go on YouTube, you can look and there's uh, Big Bang Theory without the laugh track. And it is the most awkward thing ever. Like, if, if they don't tell you to laugh with the laugh track, you're not going to laugh. And I thought it was over. Uh, but I saw, I don't even remember the name of the show, but I saw some teaser or whatever during football last week for Young some Sheldon. new sitcom. What? Young Sheldon. Oh, it might be that one. I don't know if that one had the, I don't think this was the one, but that one might have a laugh track too. But there was another new sitcom that's coming out, not out yet. And it has a laugh track. Why? Why do we need to be told when to laugh? If it's not, if it's funny, we're going to laugh. If it's not funny, we're not going to laugh. So just stop telling me what's funny. Let me. I once watched funny. an episode with my brother-in-law and I hope that he doesn't listen to this. He probably doesn't. So it's fine. And he laughed when Sheldon just gave like a look to the camera and then there was a laugh track and it was not funny whatsoever, but he died laughing. 
Well, and I told him, I was like, they've trained you to laugh at certain cues. I, I will say though, there's not a laugh track, obviously, but sometimes when Jim looks at the camera, I bust out laughing. So, I mean, there's sometimes the look at the camera is funny. The office is much better than Big Bang Theory. Oh, it's yeah, not even the same galaxy. I thought Extinction of the Week was just going to be sitcoms in general. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's still good ones. Always Sunny in Philadelphia is still really, really funny. Yeah, tr that's true. There's, there's a few. There's, I there's guess like, maybe like funny. network sitcoms. Yeah, maybe network sitcoms. CBS, NBC, and ABC having a killer sitcom. Yeah, yeah. May people say that people like that Superstore. I've only watched a couple episodes. It seems okay, but it's not, you know, The Office, Parks and Rec, etc. So what's your extinction of the week? I wasn't aware that I was supposed to have one. I didn't get the memo on that. I, you always have something you're annoyed about. It's yeah, what, what's really grinding your gears tonight, Sal? Just just, just let it out. Um, New York City traffic, which is a, not a new thing, but seems to be even crazier this week. For no, I mean, where the hell are you people going at 530 in the morning? I'm driving to work this morning at 530 in the morning, and the Long Island Expressway is bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic the entire ride in a trip that would normally take me 40 to 45 minutes took me an hour and 25 minutes at 5 30 a.m that's messed up so i read so i read something the other day uh about uber and like ride sharing in general i don't remember if it was new york i think it was about san francisco but since uber has existed their traffic has doubled <laughs> because of it because there's all these people driving around looking for rides that don't have anybody in there just drive around looking for people to pick up so it's just double like there's literally double the traffic i'm i'm guessing it's the similar there's in new stats york. like that in new york too it increased by something like 250 percent well new york city is is madness bobby lives in new york city it's madness i work in there from time to time but when you get out of new york city into the other boroughs and into the suburbs the, the highways are just still there's too many people here so just move get out of here Go to Florida already. Thanos was right. I'm just saying. That's a, that's a hot take from Matt, and I know that's not even his hottest take. Uh, so my extinction this week, I don't necessarily have a good one, which probably is a good thing because it means that I haven't been super annoyed about anything recently. But the one that I do have is, am I wrong? Or if you have headphones in when you're walking in, is that the international sign for don't talk to me? That's absolutely a sign for don't talk to me. So especially on a plane. As Sal alluded to, I live in New York City. I was walking around earlier today with my headphones in, and not once, not twice, but three separate times, someone stopped me to ask directions. And so first of all, I had the international sign for don't talk to me. And second of all, this is the age of the smartphone. Wherever you're looking for, now, okay, if you're international and you're on some international plan, I get it. But these people had American accents. You probably have an Android or an iPhone, and it can probably direct you to whatever you're looking for better than I could, especially I have to now pause my music to take off my headphones. I don't want to be talking to you in the first place and try my best to be polite and go, because I, I, I will put this out there. I try to be polite to people when they ask me directions or whatever, because I don't want to give New Yorkers a bad rap. I know we already have a bad rap, so I try to be nice if out-of-towners ask me questions. But man, if I have my headphones in and you're stopping to me, ask me directions when you have a smartphone, that's just the worst. You know, I, I posted something the other day on Instagram. It's not too too different from that, because I, I, I tried to post it somewhere with a person I was talking about wouldn't see it. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, I work in uh, in construction. I do work for, pr primarily in engineering for a hospital here in New York, and I, I have a work van. And when I get to work in the morning, if I get there early, God forbid there isn't traffic, and I get there early, and I park and I stay in the van, that's another sign that I don't want to talk to you. I, I'm going to see you when the job starts, and for the next eight hours, you don't need to come to my window and tap it on it with your finger and have a conversation with me the last 10 minutes I have before I have to deal with you for the next eight. So that's another, just stay the hell away from me until I get out of the truck. That'll be a sign that I'm ready to talk. That's a bonus extinction of the week, and I agree with that one too. There's just clear signs that someone doesn't want to be talked to at that particular moment, and if you ignore them, you should go away. With that and one last awkward pause, thanks guys. <laughs> We are going to wrap up the show. I'd like to thank Sal for coming on with us tonight. I know that he broke his rule of don't record a podcast during Thursday night football just to be here with us tonight. 
And Sal, one last time, let the people know where they can find you, what you've got going on and all that good stuff. Yeah, my personal Twitter is S-A-L-L-E-T-O-F-F, Salito F-F. You can find the uh, Fantasy Football Funhouse at FF Funhouse on Twitter. And the new DFPN Network, because that's DFPN Network, uh, Twitter handle is uh, us and the Dynasty Dummies. Like I said, J. Mike is on there doing his blitz, some new shows coming. And starting Wednesday of this upcoming week, I'll be doing my own I say it's a solo pod, but I'll be having a guest on at least one each week. So I won't be completely alone, but I won't have Kevin and I won't have Steve bogging me down with their unfunny ways. That's it. I'm not writing anywhere this year. So that's it. It's probably good. It's about time that you got rid of those two anchors. They're like anchors. And you can find Matt at Matt Price FF. He's on too many podcaster lists, but he's on the DLF flagship. He's on DGN. Matt, are there any other pods that you feel that I've missed? I know there's probably like 20 more. No, but you can, if you want to see me on TV for like a minute, you can watch uh, last week's episode of the Zoo San Diego and see me talk about polar bears. So check that out and let me know how terrible I did. That was actually, I meant to say, that was completely awesome to see you on there. And I watched the clip and you did a great job. So everybody make sure to check that out. Yeah, screw Thursday Night Football. I'm going to watch that. You can find no, and, and the th- I just want to say thanks to everybody that sent me those. Some people sent, sent me some very nice messages and said some very nice things about me. So thank you for that. They're all deserved. You can find us on at ZuperFlexPod on Twitter. You can find us everywhere that podcasts are streamed. And one last uh, comment, because I know I will get a hard time about it if I don't do this about the DFPN network. Is that the correct order? Yes. The DFPN network just tweeted out a new store with a bunch of t-shirts and one of those is the long-awaited dynasty dummies t-shirt that i've been talking about for a while so i'll have to get one of those make sure you check out their store they're doing good things over there so make sure you check them out and until next time keep it classy fantasy twitter and sal has one last thing he wants to say they have old school falafel t-shirts there too so make sure you check out the old school falafel shirts and now until next time keep it classy fantasy twitter